the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Earnestly seek to commend yourself to God as an approved worker who has nothing to be ashamed of, handling the word of truth with precision. We're glad you're joining us for today's program, A Word from the Word, with your host, Pastor Tom, who will unpack for us the richness and beauty of the Bible's original languages as they bear on key words and concepts from both Testaments. Our hope is that your walk with God will be strengthened and deepened, and both your understanding and application of God's Word will be enriched, and you'll be drawn to love it more and more each day. And now, here's Pastor Tom. Hello, friends, and thanks for joining me on A Word from the Word. Well, here we are at the cusp of a new year. And for some of you listening, it may already be the new year. But from the bottom of my heart, I say in all sincerity, Happy New Year. My wife tells me that I'm the only person she knows who's kept his New Year's resolutions. Of course, you don't know what they are, so I'll tell you. My annual New Year's resolution is to be weirder than I was the year before. Usually in October or November, I begin practicing more at being weird in preparation for the new year. (laughs) Well, friends, my hope is that you're able to look ahead to something new and that 2023 won't be a same old, same old year. You know, When we moved to Arizona from New Jersey 25-plus years ago, one of our quests was searching for good pizza. Well, we found a pizza place that came closest to our New York pizza expectations, a restaurant several miles from where we lived, but worth the drive. And a pattern quickly developed. When I would walk into the restaurant to pick up a quote-unquote pie, One of the owners would immediately notice me and yell out, Hey, Tommy! That's Italian for, Hey, Tommy. When I got up to the front counter, my first words would always be, So, how are you guys doing today? And their response was always the same, Eh, semo, semo. This reminded me of the movie Groundhog Day, because this scenario repeated every time I went to the restaurant to pick up pizza. And this scenario played out over and over. It inspired me to think about what's new. It led me to ponder a question that I think is very appropriate for a new year. What expression characterizes my Christian life? Is it what's new or is it same old, same old? So in this spirit, I'd like to spur us on today to think about what lies ahead for us Christ followers, especially since we're rapidly plunging into 2023. Maybe there's a subtle challenge here, friends. In 2023, will we all evidence 2020 vision? 2020 generally refers to a healthy vision, right? 
Well, maybe in 2023, it will require of us to have 2020 vision. In other words, a healthy spiritual vision of our future. Perhaps the supreme question we should be asking ourselves is, what expression will characterize our Christian life this new year? What's new? Or same old, same old? That's a fair question, friends, isn't it? Maybe to put some handles on it, let's consider some related questions like, what new thing has God been doing in our lives? What new thing will God be doing in our lives in this new year that's ahead? Friends, 2023 will be chock full of new chances, new challenges, new relationships, new goals, new paths to travel, new opportunities, new accomplishments, even new affections. Reflecting on these, I came to realize how much of God's Word is devoted to the idea of newness. So I searched and discovered that there are at least 70 direct references to newness from Psalms to Revelation. These references describe various facets of our relationship to the Lord and His kingdom, now and the one to come. There are other references that build on these themes, so the actual number is greater. During my personal quest through these references, I distilled what I thought the significant topics were down to 17, which repeat in several books of the Bible, and which then add up to the 70 references I mentioned earlier. So here's my list, friends. 1. New creation. 2. New birth. 3. New self. 4. New life. 5. New heart. 6. New spirit. 7. New name. 8. New things. 9. New song. 10. New teaching. 11. New wine. 12. New commandment. 13. New mercies. 14. New covenant. 15. New community. 16. New heavens and new earth. And 17. New Jerusalem. Yep, this total 17. I gotta tell you, friends, it was actually an exciting and refreshing exercise to discover that God is definitely not into same old, same old. It kind of puts the kibosh on the nauseating statement so familiar in so many churches. You know, we've always done it that way. I've labeled that expression the six most destructive words in the church. Go ahead, count it on your fingers. We've always done it that way. Disgusting, isn't it? I'm reminded of a quote from Mark Twain. The only person who likes change is a wet baby. Well, friends, my journey began and ended up being the umbrella over all my discoveries at 2 Corinthians 5.17, traditionally rendered as, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. A few more modern variations are, Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Or, anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is forgotten, and everything is new. Or, whoever is a believer in Christ is a new creation. The old way of living has disappeared. A new way of living has come into existence. Friends, I've even reflected back on the year 2000, now 22 years ago, you know, when the new millennium was thrust upon us. How many of you remember the Y2K scare? 
Well, back in 2000 for the millennium, an interesting video presentation was produced. It pictured a timeline ticking away and not only highlighted the momentous events in the last 1,000 years of human history, but it also reminded us of many significant human inventions and discoveries that we now just take for granted and which have become so embedded in our daily routines that we don't even bat an eyelash. Like brewed coffee, flush toilets, the refrigerator, the light bulb, vaccines, medicines, the telephone, you know, the one with the cord, television, microwave ovens, the computer, the internet, and now cell phones. Friends, each of these now commonplace luxuries were once new and blazed the trail for a new and better way of life for many of us. You know, many of the people responsible for these inventions and discoveries followed an inner drive to find or create something new that would benefit all humanity by either alleviating suffering or improving our lives in some way. Now, friends, I can relate to the drive to create. My own gift and talent mix includes graphic and fine arts and musical abilities. I enjoy creating new visual images or new sounds. When we're out shopping at a mall, I love to look at the store names and logos, and my wife finds me criticizing just about all of them. I do this for TV commercials, too. Then she loves to remark, you know why that is, don't you? And I'll say why. She comes back with the same answer every time. Because they didn't consult you. (laughs) Friends, all of us have been given gifts and talents from our Creator God. And we're told to employ them in serving one another and ultimately all humanity as good stewards of the manifold grace of God, the one who put the creative spark in us all. Listen to 1 Peter 4.10. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Two contemporary ways of expressing this are, God has given each one of us a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Or, each of you has been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts to be used in the service of others. So use your gift well. A common expression at the end of a year and the start of a new one is ringing out the old and ringing in the new. So, friends, allow me to repeat those two questions I shared earlier in the broadcast. What new thing has God been doing in your life? What new thing will God be doing in your life this new year? Will our spiritual vision this year be 2020? What will we ultimately decide that will characterize our Christian life? The expression, what's new? Or the expression, same old, same old. In reflecting back on the changeover from 1999 to 2000, I'll never forget the millennium episode of Touched by an Angel. I watch TV for research purposes, of course. Anyway, Monica was giving her usual angelic advice to the main character around whom the story centered. In the course of that advice, she made this profound statement, Take only what you need into the new century and leave behind what you don't need. Well, friends, allow me to make one slight alteration to that excellent piece of advice. 
Take only what you need into the new year and leave behind what you don't need. Are you hearing me, friends? The opportunities are universal, but let's think soberly today as Christ followers. We're on the threshold of a new year filled with new challenges, new chances, new relationships, new goals, new paths to travel, new opportunities, new understandings, new accomplishments, new affections. Friends, let's just take a moment and listen to some of our spiritual predecessors, the Hebrew prophets. Ezekiel prophesied the gift of a new heart and a new spirit in Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six. Jeremiah told us of a new covenant in Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-one, and Isaiah spoke of receiving a new name in Isaiah 62, 2. And by the way, this is reiterated in Revelation 2, 17 and 3, 12. Our beloved Hebrew prophets in our Old Testament foretold of a coming new age that was going to be realized in the Messiah, Jesus Christ, who, by the way, was the new Adam, according to 1 Corinthians fifteen forty-five through 47 In the Apostle John's revelation, we are told that God will eventually make everything new. We see this in Revelation 21, 5. Also in Revelation, we're informed that God will create a new heaven heavens and a new earth in Revelation 21.1. These valued truths are hinted at in Isaiah 65.17 and 66.22. The Apostle Peter even calls attention to this in 2 Peter 3.13. We also learn that there will ultimately be a new Jerusalem, as Revelation 3.12 says. Here we'll enjoy a new name and sing a new song, according to Revelation 2.17 and 5.9. And I find it interesting, friends, in light of being a musician, that the idea of singing a new song is mentioned nine times in Scripture, in three books, Psalms, Isaiah, and Revelation. Now, it's not my intent to go on a hymn-bashing rampage here, especially since I was weaned on hymns in my religious upbringing. In my later years, I actually rewrote and rearranged some beloved hymns to fit a contemporary style and audience. But let's please put a few things in perspective. Our typical church hymnals unfortunately don't list the dates of composition of the hymns, with the exception of the more modern ones. Having in my library several denominational hymnals and even an old Army-Navy hymnal, I decided to check the dates on some of the oldest hymns. It was quite illuminating to learn that the oldest hymn was a 1515 hymn, unnamed, but Martin Luther's hymns began around 1523. The bulk of our traditional hymns dated from the early 1600s through the late 1800s, about 1871. A handful of hymn lyrics written prior to 1500 were a few Christmas carols, and some hymns attributed to John and Charles Wesley around 1739 or so. So, friends, what's the purpose of this Christian hymnody music history lesson? I bring this up to remind us all that the old hymns some of us revere so much and almost seem willing to die for did not come into existence until the first quarter of the 16th century and only extended to about the third quarter of the 19th century, a duration of about 325 years. We might ask the curious question, what was the church singing for the first 16 centuries prior to 1523? 
like likely Gregorian chants, and before that, likely the Book of Psalms. Certainly a worthy question regarding our worship these days might be, in our church worship scenes, are we characterized by something new, or are we characterized by same old, same old? Ouch! Now, friends, please don't misunderstand me to be suggesting we stop telling the old, old story. Maybe we should, in some cases, however, stop telling the old, old story in the old, old way. Sometimes we confuse the message with the method of delivery. The message will never change, but we need to give some consideration for how we tell the message or how we sing the message. Several years ago, I learned a song that chokes me up every time I hear it. It begins like this, Assembled as your people, we have come to seek your face, for each there is a story of your amazing grace. Friends, God's newness is preserved because each person's story of his amazing grace is different. God is constantly working in new ways, doing new things. In fact, our salvation is pictured in the Bible as a new exodus, an exodus out of the desert and wasteland of sin. When God is working, friends, he completely surpasses old categories and old ways of thinking. When God is at work, it involves a complete reorganization of our lives. Well, I'm going to pause here for just a moment, friends. If you tuned in late, you're listening to A Word from the Word with me, your host, Pastor Tom. I want to take a moment and let you know how valuable you are as listeners to A Word from the Word. This program's 100% listener-supported. Your financial partnership is essential to helping keep this program on the air, which disciples many Christians without a church home, as well as those of you who may have been wounded by the institutional church. You can join forces with A Word from the Word by emailing me for support details at a word from the word at minister.com. And friends, we'll repeat this information at the end of today's broadcast. Well, let's get back to the thought that when God is working, friends, he completely surpasses old categories and old ways of thinking. Did you know that an entire book of the Bible was written for the express purpose of weaning us off of depending on and clinging to old ways of looking at things? Can you guess what that book is? Well, it's the book of Galatians. And by the way, in this book of Galatians, we discover a verse that parallels the verse I began the program with, 2 Corinthians 5.17. The Galatians verse is... For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. Let's rehear this in a few more modern language versions. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Or how about, it doesn't matter whether we've been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we've been transformed into a new creation. This is Galatians 5.16, and curiously, both in Galatians 5.16 
And in 2 Corinthians 5.17, we notice the same context. And specifically in Galatians, we have the entire book as well to help us interpret Paul's statement properly. The context is the position of the genuine Christ follower. We're new creations. The old creation is represented by life in the flesh, whereas the new creation is characterized by our participation in Christ's death on the cross and obtaining its benefit, new life in the Spirit. As new creations, friends, we're now in Christ. We belong to Christ. We now possess the Holy Spirit, and our new life is lived in constant dependence on and obedience to the Holy Spirit within. The book of Galatians is six short chapters. You can read through it in one sitting. Please do this and take note of what I've been saying. Christ's death and resurrection are intended to motivate us to view life differently, a new way. As new creations, everything is new. There's a radical reorganization of our priorities and a new way of looking at life and the people around us. To the first century Jews, this notion was revolutionary. So revolutionary, in fact, that even the Hebrew Christian converts had trouble shedding their old Judaism and Judaistic thinking patterns. So revolutionary that even they insisted that new Gentile converts retain the practices of the ritual law of Moses, particularly circumcision. You see, circumcision was the identifying physical mark of their covenant with God, made with Abraham. So, to boast or put confidence in the right of circumcision, or even refusing to be circumcised, amounted to relying on the flesh, relying on self, relying on human acts, like ceremonies, rituals, and outward appearances. <laughs> but we don't do that in the church today, do we? Friends, Paul's words are intended to set us all straight by upholding the gospel truth that old ways provide no ground for confidence. Only Christ's death is sufficient. Friends, the old self, <coughs> pardon me, the old way of thinking must be put to death as we put on the new self. Becoming a new person in Christ includes transforming and renewing our minds. Just listen to Paul's words in Romans 12, 1 and 2. You know them well. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Friends, as we embark on a new year, please take a little time and reflect on your own life. And please take only what you need into the new year. Don't bring old baggage with you. Don't live in bondage to old routines or old habit patterns. Wake up each day and don't just think, eh, same old, same old. Instead, exclaim, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Expect God and watch for God to do something new every day. Dr. Randy Carlson once said, don't be a living routine, be a living creation. Now, there's an interesting New Year's resolution, huh, friends? This year I resolve to no longer be a living routine. I'm going to be a living creation. 
as our keynote scripture passage for today reminds us, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And Philippians three thirteen and 14 add the peace de resistance. Forget what is behind and strain forward to what is ahead. Press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called you heavenward in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, we're nearing the end of today's program, and our engineer will be closing out our broadcast with an email where you may write me with your feedback on today's program or any of the programs in the recent Advent Christmas series or any prior programs that you've listened to. One listener recently wrote in regarding Part 4, my finale in the Advent Christmas series called God's Search and Rescue Operation, wrapping up our understanding of what Christ coming into the world actually brought us new life with this comment. As always, another very unique spin on things. Sin is the reason for the season. It does cause one to ponder and reflect. Advent is not only about the coming of the baby Jesus, it is also causing us to reflect on the second coming. May we work each day to be ready for both. Well, thank you for your comment and your encouraging words. And as promised, friends, the email you hear at the end is also where you may inquire about how to financially help keep a word from the word on the air. Thanks to those of you who are already supporting this weekly broadcast. I truly appreciate your faithfulness and generosity. And I also love coming alongside those of you who are without a church home or who may have been wounded by the institutional church. All podcasts may be freely accessed at faithtalk1360.com. That's faithtalk1360.com. Just search the menu for local program podcasts, then scroll to a word from the word. These podcasts may also be accessed on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And thanks to my friends and partners at ChristianBody.net, a word from the word is now being broadcast to 75 countries. Friends, 2023 is upon us. I invite you to consider becoming a financial partner and support team member and invest in the ministry of a Word from the Word radio broadcast in this coming year. Listeners like you help keep this program on the air. Well, thanks for listening today, friends. And remember, Jesus loves you. I'm Pastor Tom with a Word from the Word. Friends, If you would like to let Pastor Tom know what this program has meant to you, email him at awordfromtheword at minister.com. That's awordfromtheword at minister.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.